Hello and welcome to livealittlehigher.com. According to Alaha, a Jew is a Jew because a Jew is a Jew. According to the Shulhan Aruch, which is the code of Jewish law, if your mother is Jewish, you are Jewish. You can have a, so to say, Christian mother who has a Jewish mother, and nevertheless, she's Jewish and you're Jewish too. So, since the establishment of the State of Israel in 1948, there has been an ongoing debate between the government and the rabbis on this uh, premise. And, uh, and there's a famous story that came into light in the 60s about Brother Daniel. This Brother Daniel was born Oswald Rufusain in 1922 to a Jewish-Polish family, and as a matter of fact, it was a very Zionist, proud Jewish family. He was part of the Akiva movement. But when the Nazis invaded Poland, Rufensein escaped the claws of, uh, of Hitler, and he hid in a convent for the rest of the war. During this time, he decided to convert to Christianity, and not only that, he became a priest. But after the war, Rufinstein, he was um, an avid Zionist. He loved Israel. He had dreamt with uh, living in the land of Israel all his life. And in the late 50s, he made his way to the land of Israel, the land of his dreams, fulfilling his long, long dream of his youth. And then he was reunited with his brother and friends who had survived the war. At this time, he applied to be a citizen under the law of return, and uh, he was denied. And because the reason was because he was not a Jew, he had converted to Christianity. The chief rabbinate at that moment of Israel had the reverse opinion, and they fought this, and they were ruling according to Allah, and they said, no, you have to accept this man into the land of Israel because in reality he is a Jew. Even if he doesn't live like a Jew, he, his neshama, his soul, is Jewish. So he lost his case and in 1962 he appealed to the Supreme Court and uh, he, he, the decision of the Supreme Court was that converts to another religion lose the right of return and, uh, and they cannot make aliyah to the land of Israel. They can come and live in the land of Israel as a, ask for a citizenship in another way, but they, lo they lose their right of return. This is one of the cases that have emerged uh, from the horrors of the Holocaust. It's a very disheartening case because this person suffered a lot. He was a, a Holocaust survivor and in a certain way it created a lot of, uh, of, of discord between the, 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 the Knesset and the, and the Jewish court. So the Torah's view is that a Jew always rem remains a Jew no matter what. But this in this, uh, in, the, in, in the Torah, uh, in Pesach, we are commanded to keep the Korban Pesach. And God said to Moses and Aaron, this is the statue of the, of the Passover sacrifice, the Korban Pesach. No strange one may partake of it. What is the Torah telling us? 
according to Allah, a Jew is a Jew, a Jew is a Jew. There's no way he cannot be a Jew. And, um, and the, in the temple times, the Korban Pesach was the center of the Passover Seder. This uh, of the Passover holiday, people would do a pilgrimage no matter where they live to the temple and they would bring their lambs with them, the whole family, and they would sacrifice and they would eat this with matzah and they would celebrate Pesach. So why is the Torah telling us that someone who renounces to his Jewish faith may not partake of this sacrifice? Why? If a Jew is always a Jew, what is not allowing him to come and partake of this sacrifice? It's more, a Jew is never prohibited from fulfilling a mitzvah no matter how grave a sin. A Jew can be the worst Jew in the world, but nevertheless, he can still put on the film, he can still eat kosher, he can pray three times a day, he can go to the synagogue. Nobody can tell him you cannot be, live a Jewish life. So what is with this uh, situation with the Korban Pesach that it doesn't allow a Jew that renounces his faith to partake of this mitzvah? So a, 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 a person, says the Talmud, who ate garlic and his breath smells, should he continue eating garlic so that his breath smells even worse? This is a question of the Talmud. And what it, the Talmud is demonstrating is that committing a sin is bad, but continuing to do another one makes it, things even worse. And it's more, Tehillim tells us, uh, do good and run away from evil. This is the only way in which we can really change our ways. It, we, it's not only not doing good, uh, not uh, doing evil, we have to go and, and, and do good. So in the case of the apostate, why is he denied the chance to fulfill the mitzvah of the Korban Pesach? It, it's, it's even more. He's not only denied, it is karet for his soul. Karet means that the soul is uh, finished, is, 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 uh, it disappears. So what then does this law tell, is telling us in general about Pesach? What is it telling us? So the Hinuch offers an insightful explanation, it's, it's brilliant, and it's not appropriate that an apostate partakes of the Korban Pesach to commemorate how we were taken out of Egypt under the wings of the Holy Shahina and enter the covenant of Torah and faith, the apostate is completely the opposite. A person that renounces the Jewish religion, decides to convert to a different religion or be a, someone that doesn't believe in anything, is a person that really doesn't believe that Hashem took us out of Egypt in wings and he did miracles for us and took us to be part of the Jewish nation. And the Korban Pesach is a celebration is a commemoration of the nation of Israel becoming God's nation. It's an affirmation of God's faith, of God, of God's existence and our faith. So it's more, only 20% of the Jewish people left Egypt. 80% of the Jewish people didn't leave Egypt. They died in the plague of darkness. Why? Because they didn't have faith. They didn't believe that God was going to take them out of Egypt. They didn't believe that he was going to take them to the land of Israel. They denied this. They didn't believe it. They had no faith. They had no trust. So because of this, they decided, no, it's better we keep ourselves in Egypt. We're slaves. It's better to be a slave to Pharaoh and know what we're expecting 
than to uh, have a, a blind faith and just follow uh, Moshe Rabbeinu into the desert because God says that he's going to take us to the land of Israel. So although true that a Jew is always a Jew, he can't practice in something that is an antagonistic to his beliefs. And let us understand this matter a little more. In, in the, let's get into the inner meaning of this sacrifice. In the Haggadah, we have four sons. We have the wise son, the wicked son, we have the simple one, and we have the one, the one that is so young that he doesn't even know what to ask. So let's concentrate on the first two sons. You have the wise son. What does he say? What are the testimonies, the statutes, and the laws which the Lord our God has, has commanded you? You, in turn, the parent, must instruct him in the laws of Passover until the law that one must not eat anything, any dessert after the Korban Pesach. So we know that after we have Afikoman, we cannot drink or eat anything else. In those days was after eating the Korban Pesach today. We don't have the Korban Pesach. We have a little shank bone in our, a roasted shank bone in our table, which reminds us of the Korban Pesach. And then the wicked son, what does he say? What is this service to you? He says, to you, but not to me excludes himself from the community he denies that which is fundamental to, to that he's part of a community he's denying it he's not saying how, what is it for us what what is in this for us he's saying what is it for you and because of this the Lord, the lord did this for me the father answers when i went out of egypt for me but not for him if he had been there, he would not have been able to leave. So, so this is the son, this is like the, the Jewish people that didn't believe and were stuck in Egypt and died in the plague of, of, of darkness. So both of them seem to be asking the same question. The difference is not in the question, in the question but in the choice of words. These two sons have two different attitudes towards life. Two completely different attitudes. The wicked son's error is in his disattachment from his essence. He doesn't feel he part he, he, he's part of these people. He doesn't feel that he's part of the Jewish nation. He feels that he's separated from them. You know, I'm a child of, of the universe. You know, my religion is the universe. <laughs> and these, there's people that think like that, like I'm a universal religion. I'm a, I'm a person of the world. Yes, it's very altruistic and beautiful to say. But in reality, a Jew has a neshama, has a Jewish neshama, has an essence. We have a special essence. And when we don't connect to our essence, we feel that we don't belong. So the wise son recognizes his desire to connect to God and this is free choice. So one chooses to disconnect, the other one chooses to connect. And the message of the Agadah, which we transmit every year to our children, and this is why it's an ongoing thing for the last 3,500 years or more, in which parents and children and family and friends sit in a, in a Seder table every year. We clean our houses, we get rid of hamets, we prepare the beautiful meal, we eat all the, the, the simanim in the, in the, in the Haggadah uh, plate, uh, we, we remember the brutal uh, times of, of, of slavery, we eat maror, we eat bitter herbs, we, we relive 
the, the time of the Exodus and we relive that time in which the Jewish people were slaves. We, we live it. We really go into it. So we give this to our children every year. It's not a history class. It's not to mean meant to be a history lesson. It, it, it's a taste of what it means to be a Jew. A Jew is made out of many components, out of many different uh, life experiences. Everything that a Jew has gone through from the beginning, since Abraham Avinu, has been a component in our DNA. So slavery is one of those big, big ingredients in our makeup. Slavery is what makes a Jew. So the whole purpose of the Seder is to make us realize that we're not strangers to God. And this is the biggest lesson you can give your kids, is to make them feel that God is real, that He's relevant in their lives, that we have an unbreakable bond with Him, and we need to make God relevant in our lives and the lives of our children. So He's not far away, He's right next to us. And the Pesach Seder reminds us of this relationship. It reminds us that we have to build this relationship. It's like a garden. You have to water it every day. If you don't water it, it's going to die. It's like any relationship. Your parents, your husband, your friends, your siblings. If you're not watering the garden, it dries up. People need to be constantly uh, enamored to be able to continue a relationship. So there is a world of difference between doing something simply by rote or doing the same thing with soul. So I know Pesach is the hardest time for any Jewish woman. Preparing the home, preparing the foods, everything we do is, is really very hard because it's not something that you prepare in one day. You have to start from at least two weeks before. and. Uh, and it's tiring, it's grueling uh, labor. It says that I always tell my husband, I don't feel free, I feel like a slave because I'm in the kitchen for two, three weeks, nonstop. But the reality is that we should not do it in a way that we're complaining, that we're uh, desperate, that we are uh, depressed about it. We should do it with joy, we should do it with love, we should do it with passion. Because in reality, this job of a mother, of a Jewish mother, of preparing her home for Pesach, in reality is a gift of love to her kids and her family. This is what she's doing. She's giving them the tools to be able to connect to Hashem. I always tell my husband, you know the responsibility I have? Like, all I do really, it depends the whole year of your connection to Hashem, depends on how kosher your Pesach is. It's the truth. This month of, of Nisan and the, and the holiday of Passover are really a vitamin for faith, for trusting God. And when we have this faith and we have this trust, then we can live happy. Because if people don't feel this connection, I don't know how they do it. Life is random, everything is random, everything is uh, an occurrence of the world. I imagine the anxiety a person that lives like this must feel. So there's a beautiful story of the Alter Rebbe 
with a, uh, with a diamond polisher, he was in a Fabrengen, and the Alter Rebbe compared the responsibility of fulfilling mitzvot to carrying a heavy diamond, a heavy load of diamonds, that if a person knows that he's carrying a, a bag full of diamonds, as heavy as it is, he's not gonna complain, he's gonna do it happily. If you're carrying rocks, that's a different story, but if you're carrying diamonds, you know it's worth the, the, the struggle. And in this Fabrengen, there was a particular Jewish man who could not comprehend this allegory of the Alter Rebbe. And he went to him and he says, I don't, I, don't, I don't understand how you can compare a diamond to a mitzvah. And the Rebbe asked this person, okay, tell me what you do for a living. He knew already because he was a tzaddik. And the man answered, I'm a diamond polisher. So the Rebbe said to him, tell me something, the bigger the diamond, the heavier the load. So if I give you a hundred carat diamond, which is a hundred times more, more than a 10 carat diamond, you're gonna need much more energy in polishing this diamond. It's gonna take you more time, it's gonna take more energy of you, it's gonna be harder. It, 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 it's a lot of effort. So the diamond polisher, he said, what a crazy answer. You're nuts. I would take, I would do everything for a hundred carat diamond, even a bigger diamond. It would not be for me any, any, uh, any uh, burden. For, on the contrary, it would be a pleasure for me. I would do it so happy. So the Alter Rebbe said, but you have to look so, you have to work so hard to carry such a heavy weight. And again, the diamond polisher, he was annoyed by now, he said, not even an effort, it is a pleasure. So it should be with every mitzvah we do, said the Alter Rebbe. If you knew the, 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 the price of a mitzvah, if you could see how precious a mitzvah is, it's even more than a diamond. So whenever you're doing a mitzvah, you should not feel burdened. You, don't, you should not feel it's a heavy load. You should not feel like that. You should feel that Baruch Hashem, Hashem has given you the, the sechut, the merit to be able to, to do this mitzvah. For every Jewish woman out there that is working hard right now, pat yourselves in the back. Remember, you're polishing diamonds. You're polishing diamonds for generations to come. It's something that is it's, it's everlasting. This is the biggest gift you can give your, your family. Beautiful memories of, a, of, of Pesach. This is what builds up a family. So, so it should be with everything we do. And true, uh, mitzvahs are precious stones. So remember, get to know God in all his ways. How do you know him? How do you get to know him? Learn Torah, pray more, do more mitzvot, connect, connect to him. This is all he asks and give him space in your life. Pesach is a holiday in which we eat matzah. Matzah is a flat food. Why? Because the bread means ego. It, it's, it's all haughty. It's, it's, it, it blows up. So for eight days we eat this simple flat bread which builds in us this, this faith. It makes us simple people. It makes us people that have faith. Why? Because it's humble. We need humbleness to be able to open a space for Hashem inside of us. When we're so full of ourselves, there's no space for God. There can be because we have all the answers. But when we realize we know nothing, the more I know, the more I know that I don't know, 
then we open a space for Hashem inside of us and we're able to give him a place in our lives like any relationship you need to open a space and make him relevant, relevant and real for you don't think he's up there in a, in a high, high, high up in a throne and he has nothing to do with you and he's too busy for you and you're just too little for him. Don't think that because that's so not true. In reality, if God made you, it's because he cares about you, he loves you and he needs you. And if you're in this world at this moment in time, it's because you have a special, special mission for you. So I want to wish you... A Pesach, kosher, vesamea should be with a lot of joy, should be beautiful and healthy. And I'll see you after Pesach. And remember, live a little higher. Thank you. <laughs>